0: how's it going folks how's it going I'm brother Matthew and this is Christian coffee time where we sit down together to study the word of God and here we are back at it again working our way through the book of second Thessalonians so please grab your Bibles notepads and pens grab your tea grab your coffee come join us at the table bring your snacks and open your Bibles to second Thessalonians chapter 3. And uh, we're going to continue on where we left off, and if you've been paying attention, you you may have seen a, uh, my previous video uh, from Sunday, where I did the introduction to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We got down uh, from verses 1 to 3, and we discussed this, what the Lord is uh, talking about here, and what we can glean from this as uh, some have not faith and we discussed that in in uh, great detail in a couple different angles and uh, pictures that this can represent as you see there is only one interpretation of the word of god but there's multiple applications what it says is what it means but then we see it can be applied mentally physically spiritually circumstantially so i hope that uh, uh you learned something from that one and uh so this is a part two of Second Thessalonians chapter three, picking up where we left off in verse three. Alrighty. So good morning, good morning. How's it going, folks? I hope uh you enjoy these studies. And if you do, please give this a like, give us a thumbs up, and make sure you subscribe, hit to hit the notification bell icon so you know we put up new videos, and make sure to check out all our other goodies and stuff that we got going as well as well as our website, christiancoffeetime.ca. We have links to all other platforms and a bunch of goodies on there, as well as free downloadable gospel track PDFs and e-tracks and all kinds of stuff there. But for now, we're going to pick up where we left off in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. So please grab your Bibles and turn there. Time to study the Word of God. So, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we're going to pick up at verse 3. So we see, uh, Well, let's start the reading at verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. All right, so what I want to talk about here, that the Lord is faithful to establish you. And we're going to be discussing how does he do that. Because we've got a few things we're going to be pulling up today. And regarding um, the that which the Lord establishes and that which the world and the flesh tries to. And we see the argument is authority the argument of authority now as we see in verse one that the word of the lord may have free course and be glorified so we want to really hold on to that as we go through chapter three that the word of the lord may have free course uh, be proliferated swiftly easily without hindrance and be glorified that the word of the lord may be glorified not the word of man not the word of anything else but the word of the lord would be glorified okay so we see the lord is faithful who shall establish you now how does he do that how does he do that how does the lord establish his word in us to teach us and help us well that's by his holy spirit the Spirit of God that lives in the heart of every believer will teach you all things, cause you to be in remembrance of everything. But we see, we'll teach you all things. We are no longer under the law, but under grace. And as we're no longer under the law, we're under a new schoolmaster. You see, Galatians chapter 3, we're no longer under the schoolmaster of the law, but we're now under a new teacher, a new instructor, a new schoolmaster. And that is the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ that lives in the heart of every believer. He teaches you all things. He'll put his words in you. Um, you don't have to worry about what to say, what to think, or any of this. You don't Not even what to pray, as he will teach you. As we do not know how to pray for as we ought, but he teaches us how to pray. He is faithful to his children. We see the father will not abandon his children. He will not forsake his children. He will not let his children starve. He, he provides all these things that we need. The water of life, the bread of life. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we see the establishment here of authority is the argument of authority of the word of the living God. That the scriptures, the word of God, the doctrine of Christ is our spiritual food. And it is our everything. Now, the Lord is faithful, Just as we see in 1 John 1 9, but he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But he's also faithful and just to teach us what we need to know whenever we need to know it. He guides us along and he tells us what we need in every moment. We don't have to worry about this. We don't have to beg God to teach us. He will, if we are willing to listen. If we are willing to listen, the parent provides the food. The ch- the the kid is the one that picks up the fork and eats it he the parent provides it it's here eat it eat God doesn't force feed you now that's that's one thing we need to understand as well as is God isn't going to grab you by the scruff of the neck and force feed you the word of God he doesn't forcefully open your mouth and shovel it in no he doesn't do that he puts it in front of you and says now here you pick up the fork and the knife you start eating. He provides it. And if we starve, that's our fault, not his. Some people say, well, God doesn't speak to me. Well, maybe you're not picking up the fork. Maybe you're not actually spending the time to listen to what he's saying. You keep rushing god and you want things at your pace your what you want as you feel it you try to call the shots some people say well god won't speak to me maybe that's because of the sheer amount of dust gathering on your bible you want to pick the thing up crack it open start reading get your nose in the book start studying start feasting of the word just picking a little bit here a little bit there a little crumb here a little crumb there like some Christians do basically their their daily Bible reading is maybe their Bible app single verse of the day um imagine imagine how well you'd be if that's how you physically ate it's just in the morning you grab just a pinch of bread and that's all you eat how how well do you think you'll fare how well do you think you'll fare if you just eat a crumb of bread every day will you continue to be strong and healthy and lithe and all the rest of it i i trow not but rather we see we're supposed to sit down and eat proper meals and as you eat proper meals for your physical body how much more do you think we should eat spiritually for our spirits our souls for our spiritual bodies we need to spend time with the lord in the meal that he's provided thanking him for it and giving ourselves to this he is faithful to provide he's faithful to provide it's on us now to listen to take it seriously and to take part in this <clears throat> all right so we see the lord is faithful who shall establish you <clears throat> excuse me now what does this mean to establish now to establish, stay ridso, to make stable, place firmly, set fast, fix. To strengthen, make firm, to render constant, confirm one's mind. To establish, to, fir- to affix one's mind. Our minds be held captive by the word of God in prayer now what is it that we are being established upon i see the lord is providing something the rock that is higher than i that we are affixed to okay so this is the lord's word this is the lord's words the teachings of the lord this is very 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 important that we understand this and we're holding to this this understanding as we move through chapter three this is why i'm kind of reinforcing this again you see in verse three who shall establish you and keep you from evil that it's the word of god that guides us the word of god is the lamp into our feet and light into our path that will reveal to us what's before us what's going on around us we judge all things by the word of god we test the spirits by the word of god we test all feelings and opinions and doctrines and experiences everything that comes along and all teaching just as the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17 as they even took what Paul said and searched the scriptures daily to see if these things are so okay so with this in mind then as we have discussed before we got to kind of just bring this up again list a little bit what is our tradition we know what the traditions are by the Catholics and the Orthodox and all of them their traditions are the traditions of men that which uh, the different individuals different men have written down as they think we should do things according to their systems but what is our tradition of the born-again christians our traditions are the teachings of god the scriptures the word of god now so we take this then and we see and keep you from evil now what is this evil we see evil is poneros, full of labors annoyances hardships bad of a bad nature or condition hurtful that is evil if an evil effect or influence and thus differing from uh, uh, essential character degeneracy so we see the word of god Word scriptures of the lord the word of god will protect us from all evil wicked sinful influences that's what we get from this when you actually do the word study and you're looking at this what this means by verse 3 of second thessalonians chapter 3 verse 3 the lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil he will protect us from evil influences from sinful influences from dangerous things that could come in that could harm us by the word of God, not by church tradition, men's opinion, men's ideologies, men's doctrines, but rather by the doctrine of the word of God, the scriptures. This is what this is saying. This is how we are protected. Well, I feel, I think, I believe is absolutely and utterly irrelevant To the nth degree what i think what i feel how i believe it is what i believe that is what i believe that is not is utterly irrelevant to the nth degree all right so all that matters is what god says god's opinion god's doctrine to the nth degree when we hold to the scriptures we're protected from sinful influences mentioned by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god so when we do this when we hold to the scriptures as the absolute and final authority in all aspects of faith and practice of faith for protection for guidance for wisdom and instruction and knowledge verse 4 when we do this as as paul says to the thessalonians who were doing this And we have confidence in the Lord touching you, regarding you, that you both do and will do the things which we command you. All right. Not only, (laughs) not only do we see this, that the scriptures are the commandment of God. The commandments of God. But we also see here as Apostle Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, appointed by christ for the teachings of christ the spirit of god speaking through him but this is also a commandment of the apostles so we got god himself and the the apostles all saying the same thing that they command us to hold to the scriptures as the final authority in absolutely everything. <laughs> I I dare say that that's pretty impactful, wouldn't you say? That when God is saying it, and the apostles are commanding it. God commands and the apostles are even saying, we command you as well. I kind of take that then as being a very important thing. let's look at this more so how, how much more this then feeds into the absurdity of the individuals that oppose sola scriptura like the orthodox and catholic we we looked at that before we actually played videos on this and did reactions to this and saw the actual teachings of the orthodox and the catholic where they outright denounce and con- and condemn condemn sola scriptura The word of God is the final authority in all aspects of faith, and practice of faith. When God commands it, the apostles command it. So this is our our born-again Christian church tradition. This is our tradition. The scriptures are our everything for everything. This is all that's left to us as tradition by Christ. Doctrine. The teachings of. The teachings. Something to think about. Alrighty, so with that, when we do hold to this, we see the confidence that that is stated. That when we hold to the scriptures like this, there is a great confidence that we will be established in this. And we'll be uh, free from the fear of evil. And we will do the things that we are commanded of. It will happen. It comes as a byproduct, that the fruit, the fruit bearing, is a byproduct of our faithfulness when we look at Christ and Christ alone and nothing of this physical world. Please see my previous video on 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, part 1, where I talk about this a bit more. All right, so verse 5, let's move on to verse 5. So when we are being faithful, holding to the word of God, that God commands us and the apostles command us to do. That we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Verse 5. The Lord will direct us. How, how does the Lord direct us? Well, I had a vision. <laughs> no. No. Well, I had a dream that... No. No. Well, I just feel that... Nope. My God thoughts tell me <laughs> no nope. how does God direct us? How does he instruct us? How does the Lord direct our hearts? Well just love if we just love everything like a hippie no no nope, nope. second <laughs> nope. Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5 and the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God into the patient waiting for Christ how? does he do this well back up see verses 1 to 4. by the instruction the teaching by the Spirit of God by the Word of God by the Word of God faith in Christ and not just in the person but in what he is saying what he is saying and what he's doing that Jesus Christ appointed these men these uh, appointed as apostles to hand down his teachings to hand down his teachings the words of the living god the lord direct your hearts into the love of god and into the patient waiting for christ look at verse 6 now we command you brethren that in the name of our lord jesus christ that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us okay So if someone isn't following our traditions, and rejecting our traditions, refusing our traditions, we should have nothing to do with them. Which traditions would that be? Our denominational distinctives. No. (laughs) No. What kind of traditions would they be? Well, let's take a look. Now, there are parallel passages uh, of this that we can see. And we're going to be going to here in a second and this is how we do this we don't go by well i feel that this is meaning no 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 well this commentary over here no no scripture is scripture rightly dividing the word of truth line upon line precept upon precept let's take a look what the word of god says now for this we want to go over first to romans chapter 16 And we want to start at verse 17. Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them. No, what does that mean? To mark them. To point out, to expose, to reveal, to make known. Uh, like a signpost, like a landmark. That's easily identifiable. That when you see this, you're like, oh yeah, I know what that's all about. So you want to identify clearly, concisely, publicly, these individuals. That's what this means. Okay? Now note the language. When we go back to 2, Thess- 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 6, uh, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us. Okay, so in Romans chapter 16, verse 17, now i beseech you brethren mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the what what contrary to the what can someone tell me what is it that they are being contrary to the church traditions the catechismic ideologies the councils and creeds like, wh- what is it we see here offenses contrary to the doctrine doctrine now doctrine is a a, a word that is really hated by the modern liberal by the progressive Christian by the younger generation that uh, knows not the teachings of God, by all the modern liberals and all them, they hate this word. But doctrine just literally means the teachings of, like the teach uh, doctrine would be, the teachings of the person of Christ, the deity of Christ, the work of the cross, the meaning of grace, the resurrection, all of this, the atonement of the blood, all of this, all these things. Things that make up the faith the teachings of the faith are the doctrines of the faith now note this mark them which so mark and withdraw from those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them so what this is saying that the word of God is our tradition now when someone comes along and is divisive on this and is contradicting to what this says clearly what this says like someone comes along for example tries to teach that Jesus is Michael the Archangel um that person knows not God and if they are refusing to listen to what the word of God actually says, we're to have nothing to do with them. Point them out, expose them, reveal them, uh, identify them as heretic and have nothing to do with them. Walk away. Walk away. That's what the saying. Look at this. Um Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them, for they that are such contradictory to the word of God, that are such, serve not our lord jesus christ but their own belly their own desires their personal opinions their personal beliefs all of this they serve their own belly and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple now the the heretic preaches using orthodox language they will sound high and mighty they will sound educated they will sound learned they'll be they, they will know scriptures but they'll be twisting it and abusing it and revealing it in such a way to cause you to believe their heresies the heretic loves to use orthodox language and by good words and fair speeches see this they, they'll have a great persona a, a, a seeming great ability they may have a uh, uh, great orator abilities uh, to be able to string a, f- uh, a great phrase good words fair speeches to deceive to deceive well we just looked at that the other day let no man deceive you by any means well how can we keep ourselves from being deceived well there's only one thing in the entirety of the universe they cannot be corrupted and god will not lie to us this the, this the word of god the holy scriptures the bible stands alone above the very name of god and the lord uses his word preserves his word holds his word unto all generations and we can trust it explicitly that we just come to the word of god with no preconceived notions just come to the word of God read it look what it says that's what it means we can te- we test all things by it we try all things by it and anyone that comes and contradicts this teaching that Jesus didn't resurrect or Jesus was just one of the many gods or that you have to maintain to keep your salvation earned gain your own salvation yes we're saved by grace but now you got to keep the law or all these other kinds of things If we just look at what the Word of God says, we see what truth is. Truth is written down and preserved and held by the hand of God. We got to be careful of deception. Now, there's another passage you want to take a look at as well in Titus chapter 3. Let's go over to Titus chapter 3. In Titus chapter 3, starting at verse 9, But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is an heretic. Okay, now what is a heretic? Well, you know what heresy is. Heresy is false doctrines, teachings, that contradict the word of god okay so a person who holds to false teachings false doctrines is a heretic the heresy has corrupted them and they are now a heretic a purveyor of heresy a man that is isn't heretic after the first and second admonition rejects so you've gone to him you've tried to tell him you tried to show him once twice whatever they won't listen reject them, mark and avoid, walk away, knowing that he that is such is subverted, taken advantage of, and sinneth, being condemned of himself. They condemn themselves. Now, we want to also take a look at Second um, John chapter 1 let's go to 2nd John and we want to go down to verse 10. so 2nd John verse 10 if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine receive him not into your house neither bid him Godspeed for he that bid him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds if someone is coming to you and is opposing the very foundation of the word of god they oppose the scriptures they oppose the faith they teach falsely hold the false doctrines and they won't listen and they have nothing to do with them do not even allow them in your home and also see and uh, neither to bid him godspeed you're not even to bless them that's what this says you don't even bless them for the for he that bid them godspeed that's the, a bless blessing by god You are a partaker of their evil deeds you are blessing their heresy blessing their blasphemy blessing their sin and abomination and god is opposed to that you're corrupting yourself by this now also with this this is also the passage of second john verses 10 to 11 Where we see in this as well is to greet them to bless them this even falls in the same category of striking hands with meaning to even shake the hand a person that opposes the truth of god you can't even shake their hand because that that's in agreement and blessing them can't do that so for example when jehovah's witnesses come to my door and and i open the door and they want to talk to me they always want to shake my hand they always want to shake your hand you'll note that that Jehovah's witnesses they always 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 want to shake your hand i don't i say sorry i can't shake your hand because we're not in agreement and the word of god says i can't i can't shake your hand that really confuses them takes them back for a moment and then i present them the gospel of jesus christ showing them how, how jesus is not michael the archangel and how jesus saves by grace now another one we see here in 1 Timothy chapter 4. In 1 Timothy if I ever get there. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Starting at verse 1. Now the spirit, the spirit of God, you'll see capital S, that's the Holy Spirit. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. giving heed license to listening to sitting under to be instructed and taught giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils teachings of devils like Stephen Furtick Todd White Bill Johnson Kenneth Copeland like Isaiah Saldivar or Marcus Rogers all these other kind of guys Uh, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils doctrines we see this is uh going again and again now we also want to take a look at uh we're going to skip ahead in our reading just a little bit just so you can see in second thessalonians go back to second thessalonians chapter 3 and go down to verse 14. and if any man obey not our word by this epistle this writing this teaching, this instruction, this doctrine. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. So he could see that uh, how we separate ourselves, we ha- we refuse everything to do. So he would learn that that what he's doing is causing a- opposition, and causing a schism, causing a problem, and that he'd see that this is wrong. This is wrong what he's in and he'd repent of that and he would come to the faith so you'll see by uh, uh there's much much more that we can uh, compare with this but su- suffice to say as you see as line upon line precept upon precept rightly dividing the word of truth the the word of god is our bread in all things the word of god is our light our guide our instruction he teaches us all things by tr- by truth by teaching and doctrine the word of god doctrine is our Tradition. Would you agree with that? Would you agree with that as I presented it here, as I showed you? Uh, just what the word of God flat out says is all I'm doing. It's not my words. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just saying, look, this is what scripture says. Would you agree that when we put all these passages together, that's what this is presenting? That the scriptures are our tradition. Would you agree with that? It's much more to talk about this but uh what i really want to do here is build a foundation on this before we continue as we really need to understand the power of the word of god the influence of the scriptures that the word of god is our foundation is our doctrine is our tradition it is our authority in all aspects of faith and practice of faith so okay we back up to second thessalonians chapter 3 verse 6. Now we command you, brethren, there it is again, as we commanded you. We're commanding you again. Now, who do you think you are to command me, we could say. Well, we we'll take a look at them. Who are they? The apostles of Jesus Christ. Now who, who, what is an apostle? A leader of the faith. Leader of the faith, set up by God, appointed by God, speaking by the power of God, as the Spirit of God is speaking through them. Now, the things that they are saying the things that they are writing is by direct influence of the Holy Spirit of the living God. And so what you are hearing is not them, but the voice of the Lord. We command you, the apostles command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly. Now, let's look at this one. It's an interesting word now that walketh disorderly 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 out of ranks irregular inordin- inordinate immoderate pleasures deviating from the prescribed order or rule so <clears throat> okay what are they veering from so we see not uh, not walking in the same rule but is walking disorderly irregular off the mark okay so based upon what we've been discussing what we've been establishing we command you to withdraw yourselves withdraw yourselves from everyone that that walks against or in opposition to the word of god all right. so we see withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly This the word disorder is irregular as we see is not in the same rule what is our rule as we saw and established our rule is the authority of the word of God not the authority of man not the authority of church tradition the Catholics did not canonize our scriptures god preserves his word unto all generations the word of god has always existed outside of the catholic church the catholic church is a cult that was established in the 300s anyways and is not christian we see what is is that is established by christ by uh, given by the mouth of the apostles and it was codified written down as the scriptures that are then preserved by god unto all generations the same as he did by the mouth of the prophets he spoke by them they wrote it down and he preserved it and every time another one came along a prophet would write god would can uh preserve that and it'd be added to to the compilation of scriptures all the way down through what we have here in our hands is the the finalization of the canon of scripture and this is the word the authority of god our rule this is our rule this is our commandment this is our tradition so we see in this then in verse 6 withdraw yourselves from every brother that walks disorderly that is against the established rule the same as we saw in Romans 16 and in Titus 3 and in second Timothy and all the rest of it uh, so we see then as John chapter 7 I believe it is where Jesus is talking about judging righteous judgment Let's see if I have that correct. John chapter 7. Okay. Yep. John 7.24. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. John 7.24. Wanted to see if I had the reference correct. <laughs> John 7 24, but judge righteous judgment. How do we do that? How do we do that? What is righteous judgment? Well, con- considering the scriptures, that all are fallen away, all are become corrupt, there's none that doeth good, no, not one. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We have no goodness in us. We have no righteousness in us of our own. Right? So you see by 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, Jesus Christ is our righteousness. Jesus Christ is our sanctification jesus christ is our wisdom okay so understanding that by that then as we see is our flesh opposes us in all things and we cannot trust ourselves we cannot hold ourselves sinless and righteous in in of ourselves we have no goodness in ourselves he he imputes his own righteousness upon us okay so then how i judge is not according to my standard how I think, how I feel, how I see, but rather according to His, of what has already been established. Okay, so to judge now then, to judge, that is to scrutinize all things, hold all things, examine all things through the lens of the righteousness of God, which is according to what? scriptures that's the word of God not according to the to the the dress wearing flea collar wearing so-called mock priests not by what they think what they say not according to anyone else says or thinks or feels but according to what God says thinks and feels what has been established according to the word of God as the final authority and those that refuse to do this we judge them by the standard of the word of God Look at this, verse 15. Yet count him not as an enemy. Count him not as enemy. To, to not hate them. To not hate the person that is in opposition. To not hate the person that may strike you on one cheek or spits on you or whatever else. Not to hate them. Render not evil for evil. Speak evil of no man. To love your enemy. So you see, the reason uh, that we withdraw is to protect ourselves as well that they may be ashamed to falsely accuse your good works that they may be ashamed but also to protect ourselves is why we withdraw because a little leaven leavens the whole lump if they refuse to listen evil communications will corrupt good manners people say well well if i just stay with them if i just hang out with them if i if i just work with them and over time they'll learn and and they'll want to become us because of our love or some other thing like that No, no no rather they'll corrupt you that's how it goes every single time they will corrupt you you're not going to win them if they're not going to listen matthew chapter 10. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 10. Okay, so in Matthew chapter 10, verse 11, starting at verse 11, Jesus says, And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when ye come into an house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. All right, now what does it mean by if it be worthy what does that mean what what's the definition of worthy in this in this context well worthy as in we we discussed before in a previous study about that which god sees as worthy as, as acceptable unto god acceptable unto the lord worthy unto the lord that before the lord's vision before his face he is pleased with them that's what that means okay and if the house be worthy, if the town be worthy, okay, you bless them, you work with them. Let your peace come upon it. Jesus then goes on to say, but if it be not worthy, if they are in opposition to the Lord, if the Lord is displeased with them, if they are contradicting and opposing and fighting against the faith, resisting the form of sound words, sound doctrine, if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you what does that mean you can no longer bless them you can no longer bless them and whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words teaching doctrine when ye depart out of that house of city shake off the dust of your feet to leave them again we see this as romans says timothy says titus says as second uh, john says and as uh, 2 second thessalonians says have nothing to do with them mark walk away mark them expose them identify them as such reveal them as such walk away have nothing to do with them jesus said it the apostles said it it comes down to the doctrine the teaching of that which we represent that which we are bringing and if they won't listen if they won't have anything to do with us expose them as heretic walk away that's what he says what he says anyone anyone who contradicts the word of god will not listen to the word of god Refuses to hold themselves to the form of sound words, sound teaching, and the doctrine of, of Scripture have nothing to do with them. If they won't listen. Our tradition, our teaching is the Word of God and the Word of God alone, period. Not Scripture and. It's not Bible and denominational distinctive. It's not scripture and commentary scripture and other writings scripture and the writings of the fathers of whatever no scripture and scripture alone the word of god the bible the scriptures the holy writ gets the sole top of the pillar nothing else is exalted so we see here we commend you by the commandment of god and the commandment of the apostles in the name of our lord jesus christ so we see they're commanding in great authority here they're commanding by the very name of jesus christ so how powerful is this commandment then that you withdraw yourselves from everyone that walks disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us for yourselves know how ye ought to follow us for we behave not, not ourselves disorderly among you we were not in contradiction anyway. Everything that we did and said, we, we kept ourselves according to the word of God. We did not deceive you. We did not corrupt you. Let's go to, over to Peter. Now in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. We didn't make anything up everything that we said to you everything that we showed you is the absolute god honest truth we have not followed cunningly kind of devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our lord jesus christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty okay and we go down to uh verse 20 of second peter chapter 1 verse 20. Knowing this first, first and foremost, before anything and everything, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy, the, 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 the words of God, came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God speak as they are moved by the Holy Ghost. This is not the tradition of man, but the tradition of God. It's not the words of man, but the words of God. Let's go to Second Timothy chapter 3. in second timothy chapter 3 verse 16. all scripture is given now that word given is theonoustos meaning god breathed all scripture is spoken by god god breathed is given by inspiration of god by the very mind of god all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine teachings for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. Perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. There you go. Sola Scriptura. The Word of God is the final absolute authority in all aspects of faith, the practice of faith, the Word of God, the Scriptures, the Bible, the Holy Word of God is our absolute and only final soul tradition. That the man of God may be perfect. If you are perfect by this, you're in need of nothing else. You see that if the scriptures alone make you perfect furnished that means uh, given all uh, provided for all for everything and everything like a house is furnished with furniture it's filled up we are thoroughly furnished unto all good works for everything that you would need to do say think hold whatever anything you would ever need for absolutely anything is by this you are perfect by the scriptures that means you're in need of nothing else would you agree would you agree then that that's what that is saying that's what that is implying that's what that's meaning would you agree with that so you see denominational distinctives irrelevant man's traditions and opinions and feelings and legalisms irrelevant All of the Catholic and Orthodox traditions and their robes and tapestries and censers and and the fancy prayers and beads and everything else that they have going on, irrelevant. All of their so-called thousands of years of tradition, irrelevant. I mean, their fancy buildings and their chairs and their paintings and their statues, irrelevant. Don't need any of it all of their fancy written prayers and codified chanting prayers and all that is irrelevant the word of god makes me perfect i don't need anything else there you go challenge anybody who doesn't believe in sola scriptura to prove me wrong on that all right let's move on if you believe I'm wrong, if you if, you, if you think that you can refute this, please bring your Bible. Bring your Bible. Show me by the word of God, using scripture, scripture alone, show me by the word of God how I'm wrong. There you go. That's why I reject any denominational title. That's why I reject all other fancy traditions and catechisms and commentaries and everything else. I, nope, I don't need it nor do i want it bringing all this other stuff in muddies the waters weakens the scripture alone authority you see so many people shouting and screaming sola scriptura like they hold to it or something but they clearly don't because they say you got to have the Bible and all these other books and writings and teachings and traditions as well that's not sola scriptura sola scriptura is literally virtually absolutely in every shape or form just only scripture as your authority no other authority no other writing no other dictation nothing else That's what sola scriptura means. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't quote others. You can quote them, but they're not authority. They are not authority. They are not the writers of scripture. They're not apostles. They're not prophets. What they say is just their opinion and their feeling. All you're doing is just citing a quote, but that means nothing. The word of god supersedes them you take everything they say and do and you scrutinize them by the word of god what if they're wrong since they're not apostles since they're not prophets since they're not the writers of scripture what if they're wrong because only only these 66 books apocrypha not included only these 66 books are infallible so we see our tradition verse 7 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 7 for yourselves know how ye ought to follow us you want to follow the early church tradition you want to follow the early church tradition strip off your flea collars and your orthodox robes get rid of the candles and the censers get rid of your your stupid catholic prayers praying to the dead necromantic prayers and, and just follow the word of god alone scripture and scripture alone that which the apostles have told us which was codified written down preserved by god and you just follow the bible you know how you ought to follow us us the apostles the speakers of the words of God which are then written down we we know all things for all things if we just study the scriptures there's an answer for literally anything about everything about anything in the word of God if you just study it there's an answer for everything because God is infinite so is his word as the scriptures came from his mind his mouth right right For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. We held ourselves to the same standard of rule as we are speaking to you. We are holding ourselves to the same commandment that we are commanding you. We kept ourselves and guarded ourselves in all things. We judged all things righteously examining all things uh, in everything that you do even in eating and drinking even in our food look at this verse 8 neither did we eat any man's bread for naught we had a purpose we had a mission to do and that is to bring you the word of god that's to bring you the word of god neither did we eat any man's bread for naught but wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you not because we have not power but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us we could have come and abused our power but we didn't now what does he mean by that first corinthians chapter 9 we see the apostle paul speaking here talking about how uh, it says uh, they, that i may preach the gospel of christ without charge that i abused not my power my authority in the gospel it says uh, as you see here um not because we had not power authority in our position authority we could have commanded of it but we didn't we give the gospel for free the scriptures are free not like the prosperity gospel people where they charge the gospel for everything they sit there and sound like fred flintstone then beg for 50 bucks or the catholic church where they guilt trip the people into buying all their indulgences and ha- having to purchase all these artifacts and icons and everything to try to uh, uh, reduce the amount of time to spend in the made-up purgatory and they did not abuse their authority I- in the gospel were setting themselves up as superior to you they didn't do that either even though they were the leaders they didn't flaunt it. Now there's something. The personality preachers. The personality preachers. Where they make it all about themselves. It's all about Jesus Christ, not the preacher. Not the preacher. We see it. We see those types like the MacArthurites, like Todd White, verdict like the papacy, or other, all kinds of other individuals, that really set themselves up, and it and, and they, their name is synonymous with their work and their ministry, where where it's all about them. They they're writing Bibles, like the, the, the MacArthur Study Bible, for example, abusing authority, making it all about them, making it all about them. We're not to be personality uh, preachers the personality evangelists it's not about us it's about the gospel of jesus christ it's about the work of the work of the ministry of the encouraging of the saints and the bringing of the lost to christ that's what it's about it's not about the preacher bringing up uh, making themselves a, of a, a great no a great notoriety and gaining tons of money so he could live in the lap of luxury i keep bringing up Macarthur. and just go check out how much money he brings in in a year and take a look at his giant massive mansions go look how much money he brings in and look at this the his massive mansions and how much how much he lives in the lap of luxury shame on him he's abusing his authority just saying verse 8 neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you not because we have not power but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us now what is it that they are being examples of what is it they want the people to follow them for so that they could be the leaders and you the sheep and that no 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 we're all in this on uh, the same equal footing some of us just have A different calling to do but we're all equal in the eyes of god i'm not better than you you're not better than me i'm not superior than you you're not superior to me in any way we all have a calling to do but some of us have are given the position the job to preach and teach and others to do this and that but we're equal in the eyes of god nobody is above anyone else we're brothers and sisters in Christ. There's only one father. Call no man father, for one is your father, even God. Call no man master, for one is your master, even God. Call no man rabbi for one is your teacher, even God. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. Now what is the example? Christ likeness. Christ likeness. I don't want you to be like me i don't want you to emulate me i don't want you to follow me i want you to follow to emulate to look to to look up to jesus christ and jesus christ alone i'm nothing he is everything it's his word his authority not mine it's his work his ministry not mine not not because we have not power as we see they were made apostles leaders of the faith but to make ourselves an example of christ's likeness and the peace and the power and the instruction and the wisdom and the knowledge by the spirit of christ speaking through him working through them they want you to be like that this is what they're getting at verse 10 for even we were when we were with you this we commanded you this we commanded you, as well as that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Any not, should not work. So we see now context as it coming down through is doctrine, 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 doctrine. As you see there is uh different applications for this Though so we see uh the, the the interpretation direct interpretation is the teaching of doctrine and teachings of Christ's likeness. then he throws it I should not work neither should he eat the context here is talking about working and laboring in the lord to eat is to receive the blessings of to receive the satiation of the labor like you go you go to work you you receive the payment so that you can eat but the context here we've been seeing doctrine and teaching laboring in the lord receiving the wages of that that he may continue to live in to live of the gospel this is first corinthians chapter 9 living of the gospel living of the gospel if any would not work neither should he eat for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now we're getting to something. Since his first letter to the Thessalonians, everything seemed to be great throughout, the, throughout the, the book of First Thessalonians. Now we see the second letter, second epistle to the church of Thessalonica. Seems to be all good all the way down to about here. Now He's giving them a warning that corruption is starting to seep in. Corruption starting to seep in. It's only a matter of time. A church, a ministry, can only go on so long before something, somewhere, somehow, starts to give way. And corruption sneaks in there a crack in the foundation somewhere crack in the door somehow some somewhere corruption gets in the termites get in start uh, working at the foundation the ants get in the rats get in snakes get in we see somehow it happens now as it says here uh for we here verse 11 for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly now we looked at the interpretation this is this is against or contrary to the established rule so there uh, so some have managed to get into the church who refuse to listen to the established rule of doctrine teaching working not at all but are busybodies. they're refusing to help now well how is it that they are being disorderly they're refusing to help they're refusing to participate they're doing nothing for the church they refuse to help they refuse to do anything on top of which they're busy bodies gossips they complain and gripe and bellyache and whine about everything they're they're never they're, they're they're never pleased with the work that, and they refuse to take part all they do is complain and grab and belly ache. hmm okay what does the word of god say to do about these kinds of individuals Verse 12. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Sit down and shut up. That's, That's literally what he's saying. That's literally what he's saying. Tell them to sit down and shut up. Mind their business. Well, that, that's not nice that's harsh that's not very loving okay who are the apostles where are they getting their, their information where are they getting their instruction who is speaking to them through them working through them this is literally the spirit of god speaking through the apostles saying this god says shut up sit down mind your business. That's how you deal with busybodies and gossips in the church. is just tell them out right knock it off. they see way 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 too much in the churches is the kid glove approach. the 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 limp-wristed yellow-spined oh we don't want to offend them we don't want to upset them because if we say something it might make things worse and they might not like it and it may cause problems grow a spine stand in the doctrine of the Lord what the Lord say you tell them to knock it off or get out If all you can do is complain and gripe and bellyache and you're not going to help you're not going to lend a finger and all you do is gripe and complain about everything get out that's what the lord says we need more preachers with spines more preachers who will be bold in the word of god that will expose the heretics that aren't afraid of them that aren't afraid of the rats the wolves and the goats they'll stand up against them that if they won't listen, they're to be put out. They're, they're to be withdrawn from the company. Note that men have nothing to do with them. They're to be put out of the church. Church discipline, excommunication. That's what the Word of God gets to. That people will not participate and they're just uh, in constant disagreement, fighting and butting heads, complaining and bellyaching and griping, refusing to help and won't listen. They're to be put out they're to be cut off they're to be removed it's what scripture says if you don't like that take it up with god he's the one that said it well i just feel that that's a bit too harsh i've literally had people say that to me i've literally had people say that to me well in our church we we never do that because that, i don't believe that that is loving you're literally you're in contradiction to the word of God now. You're in contradiction to the word of God now. You see, folks, it's just like how uh, here in our broadcasts, we have a specific rule about this, that, it, that this that we operate here like we do a church service. It's like you're sitting in the pews. I'm up in the pulpit. I'm teaching you. Like If someone comes in, like they're welcome to come in and sit down no broad problem but the moment they start to uh speak up and cause issue and problem or say stupid things or whatever else and they'll be put out. just like here they'll be silenced and removed from the chat when someone starts being derogative or saying stupid things and the leaving they're trying to leave comments like that they're going to be blocked from the channel We do the same thing in our churches if someone starts saying stupid things and causing problems in the church why wouldn't they be put out why wouldn't they be removed think about it why why are people more concerned about how they protect their social media than they do to protect their own established local church You see, one of the first main things of the downfall of a local church is the timidity towards church discipline. Because we're afraid of everyone's feelings. Because we're afraid of how everyone might react. What does the Lord say? What does the Lord say? We need to protect the flock. We need to protect the church. We need to protect the faith. In this way that people are going to come in to try to corrupt and deceive and cause problems problems—all this stuff they need to be guarded against there we go okay so now them that are such disorderly busy bodies refusing to help out and all they do is complain and gripe and all the rest of this now them that are such we command and exhort by our lord jesus christ that with quietness they work and eat eat their own bread but ye brethren be not weary in well-doing That what you're doing in protecting the faith and guarding against these things is good is well. Is blessed by God. You see that? And verse 14, if any man obey not our word by this epistle, the teachings of the scriptures here, note that man, note that individual, mark, mark and avoid, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed so with that there are all kinds of individuals that we should be mindful of writers of certain books or teachers or preachers preachers that preach that god is just is this some angry dude up there who beat you beat the tar out of you or that kind of thing there are some preachers that have said this preachers that preach that you're bound to have to keep the law and if you don't produce enough good fruit you lose salvation or you have to main slave earn enslave, and slave maintain to earn your final salvation or that your water baptism is a requirement or some other thing they bring in their own legalisms and Phariseisms, all kinds of stuff or they go the whole opposite end and they bring in hyper liberalism and there's like no moral rules or whatever note these individuals That are contrary disorderly to sound doctrine have nothing to do with them that's what it says how do you protect yourself by protecting yourself how do you do that biblically by righteous judgment righteous judgment we judge righteously we judge By the standard of righteousness of sound doctrine from the mouth of god we take the scriptures what the scriptures flat out say and if someone is contradictory to this and they won't listen won't accept it cut them off nope i'm done with you you refuse to listen okay you go your way i'm going mine that's how it must be if you do not do that and we're given a warning if you refuse to do that you refuse to guard yourself according to the scriptures and you're just allowing all these other things in you won't cut them off you won't protect yourself what does the scripture say what does god who cannot lie say will happen you will be corrupted you will fall 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 to their to their ways you will be corrupted a little leaven lemons the whole lump evil communications corrupt good manners you will be taken advantage of the enemy will get a foothold in your life you will be doctrinally destroyed that's what it says it's what it says so that's why Paul is writing this what he's getting at because when, when you compare all of his teachings all of his letters you a scripture with scripture you see this is what he's getting at and this is why we need to protect ourselves because we cannot be trusted we will mess everything up all the time there's only one standard rule of authority that can guide us unwaveringly and will never make a mistake denominationalism makes mistakes all the time the individual preachers people the men make mistakes all the time we can't trust anyone but God we can't trust anyone's words or authority but the scriptures Paul is giving them a warning that if they do not put these individuals out if they do not deal with these individuals these busybodies if they don't deal with them these individuals these busybodies will destroy the church now I myself have actually witnessed this. I've seen this firsthand years ago. My, uh, my family's seen this as well. My dad has seen this as well. Individuals getting into certain churches who do nothing but complain and gripe and they start uh, cause schisms, they cause a church split, and that church falls apart. I have seen it happen. If church discipline is not upheld biblically, A church will fall apart to the first busybody, the first heretic that comes along. It will happen. You need to protect the church. You need to protect the assembly. Any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that men have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. You see 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's look at this. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 3. If any man teach otherwise otherwise other than what other than what has been established. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words what does that mean? Logos words. And this here the, the meaning of this word words is logos. The words of God. The words of God. And consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine, the teachings, which is according to godliness. So, someone will not hold to that. He is proud, knowing nothing. They may be a big name, big preacher. They could be an author, whatever. I don't care. They could have degrees like crazy. I don't care. The Bible says. Regardless of how much learning you have, how big of a name you are, regardless who or what you are, if you contradict the Word of God, you know nothing. You know nothing. You know nothing. You're ignorant. Because the only thing that matters is the Word of God and the Word of God alone. I don't care how old you are I don't care how many degrees you have I don't care how many books you've written I don't care how big your church is I don't care how many people follow you on social media I don't care how many degrees and diplomas you have I don't care if you oppose and contradict the word of God the scriptures you're ignorant and you know nothing that's what God says That's what God says. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy and strife and railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, destitute of the truth. Destitute of the truth. What does destitute mean poor having nothing own nothing you're completely without anything and destitute of the truth supposing that gain is godliness prosperity gospel preachers supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw yourself if they are in contradiction to the word of god withdraw yourself they're ignorant they don't know what they're talking about all of their arguments are invalid everything that they're saying is irrelevant that's what the apostles that's what God Almighty is telling us here this is how we protect the church now why is Paul writing this to the Thessalonians because of the great powerful example they have been or what they have accomplished what they are doing and now the enemy is trying every way possible to try to tear them down the enemy attacks by two means two fronts either by outward persecution outward persecution or inward heresy the enemy only attacks by two means Outward persecution or inward heresy. You need to protect yourself from both. You can't become so consumed with the focusing on one that you ignore the other. Because I've seen that too. Churches that are so bent on protecting from outside influence in all these ways that they wind up slacking and letting off sound doctrine i've seen that we got to be very careful with this we have a job to do now look at this if any man obey not our word the doctrines of god the scriptures note that individual have nothing to do with them have no company with them that he may be ashamed you count him not as an enemy but admonish him as a brother so so going forward you've identified an individual who who is heretic who is in opposition okay you that's been established you know who this person is how do you go about handling them in future confrontations and future uh, dealings admonish them as a brother well how do you do that They're put out. You just have nothing to do with them. Now, what this means is they are no longer in any way, shape, or form an influence upon you, an authority to you, a teacher to you. You receive nothing from them. They're ignorant. They're in opposition. But you go and you tell them. Like Jesus sitting with the publicans and sinners to teach them, to show them so we are to be continual examples of the truth to these individuals that if there, that if it comes a point that that they are willing to actually sit down and listen tell them tell them calmly gently show them the truth so that they would repent themselves and turn to the lord that they may be ashamed of false accusing of good works that they may be ashamed and want to know the truth and they they'd want to repent and believe Count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. As the Lord establishes us in his word, and this is how we protect ourselves, this is how we guard ourselves, this is how how we operate going forward. Everything must be tested by the word of God in prayer. Nothing gets a free pass. Not even your pastor no one no one gets a free pass no one is excluded if they contradict the word of god they're to be held accountable to the word of god you go to them you tell them you show them you sit down with the scriptures scriptures alone feelings opinions and all this stuff is irrelevant not to be brought up the moment someone says well i think i feel i believe the They just lost credibility ignore that nope what does scripture say well i interpret that nope what does it say let's look at what it says the meanings of the words where else in the word of god does it say that that's how you do that that's how you protect yourself from corruption as you nail down every window every door every board every bit and piece is nailed down soundly by what the word of God flat out says about absolutely anything and everything. When you do that, you won't need anything. Because the word of God makes you perfect. It thoroughly furnishes you to all good works. The word of God is our tradition, is our authority. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace, always by all means. How does he give us peace? By his word. That he has an answer for everything. He has teaching and instruction for everything, about anything. I don't have to worry about anything. I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. To trust in the in the Lord and the word of the Lord, for everything and anything, we, we can be at peace. Something comes along, well, oh, I don't know what to do about that. Good, you're not going to get in the way then. What does Scripture say? What does the Bible say? You say, well, how do I go about doing that? How do I I go about searching the scriptures for answers like this? The Word of God teaches by direct doctrine, principle, by picture, image. There are many ways the Word of God speaks about things as we go to the Lord in prayer and in fellowship of the Word for a two-way conversation. Not just one way. It's a two-way conversation speak to the lord he speaks to you you speak to the lord he speaks to you one verse at a time one bit of a verse at a time and you work your way through talking with him staying with him being patient waiting on the lord sometimes the lord wants us to wait a little while but he will give you an answer he said he would he said he would and god cannot lie in him is no darkness a shadow of turning he is not the author of confusion So, while you may still have some confusion, you wait on the Lord until He brings you clarity. Never, ever, ever act if there's still confusion. You stay in the Lord and you wait on Him. Speaking with Him, Him speaking to you, stay with Him until He gives you an answer. He will. He said He would. God cannot lie. He said He would. He made a promise. He'll teach you all things. Cause you to be in remembrance of everything. He guides us in all things. Nothing is outside of his, his purview. He sees everything. He knows everything. He holds everything. He'll give you an answer if you just wait on him. Learn to be patient. We spoke about that before. Learn to be patient. The peace of God which passeth all understanding. That in all our ways acknowledge him. He will direct our paths. He said he would. By the word of God. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always, by all means. The Lord be with you all. Salutation of Paul with mine own hand, which is a token in every epistle, so I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. 2 Thessalonians So with that, I hope this has been a help, a comfort, and encouragement to you. If you have any other comments, questions, issues, insights, please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. Uh, so, what's your thoughts on this then? So we see that the Word of God—it's a powerful, powerful thing. And as we saw before, how how the Word of God is set even above. The very name of God. Think about that. How high and holy the scriptures are. It's above his very name. Thou uh, 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 exalt thy word above thy very name. And he preserves it unto all generations. How high and holy are the names of God? How high and holy is the word of God? So with that then we, we see what the very first main attack of the enemy will be as that's what it was in the Garden of Eden an attack upon the very words of God Yea, hath God truly said the very first thing we see is an attack upon the very words of God to confuse frustrate corrupt the very teaching the doctrine of God and that's what Adam and Eve were deceived by so they felt felt this they listened they did not challenge the authority of lucifer with the words of god by going back to the lord they should have said lord this fellow over here says this what do you say that's what they should have done that's what they should have done but that's not what they did the enemy will always attack the veracity of the word of God to make God a liar to make his word insufficient to lower the scriptures and to set your opinions and feelings and personal interpretations as equal to but the scriptures are not uh, interpreted by personal interpretation they're not given to personal interpretation what it says what it means it came from the mouth of God we take it as such the very words of the living God and we set it on that as authority God's authority his words not man's interpretation not man's opinions of what they think it says what it says is what it says that's how it must be and then we then take a look at what it's saying And we back up again go through it slowly take a look at how it's being said and this is also where in uh, interpretations of the meanings of the very words we go to the Hebrew and the Greek and all the rest of this and then we see okay now how can i pair what i'm reading with other aspects of the word of god scripture interprets scripture not man's commentary interpret scripture scripture interprets scripture and then we apply it to ourselves to go live it speak it think it do it so there you go um all right so with that okay Go down through the comments here anything i miss good morning good morning how's it going how's it going folks purely says good morning uh god seeking says good morning natalie says hi hey how's it going all right uh so we got a question here by nat what do you advise for someone who can't find a church because they don't preach true gospel always adding in works okay i understand i do understand completely in this that there will come times where it just it's not feasible it, it can't be done in, in finding an actual church around that actually stands by the true born-again christian gospel of the lord god jesus christ by grace through faith by belief alone period and it, i understand there may be some places where it's just true churches are few and far between well, the, the, I don't know where individuals are specifically located, but here's just one thought. The first thought that comes to mind is, okay, well, how far are you willing to travel to hear the truth? How far would you be willing to drive for, for work or to visit or whatever else, other things, to attend games and all kinds of stuff, but how far are you willing to travel to hear the word of God? First thing that just comes to mind, no need to be reasonable in this but at the same time fair with the lord just give that some thought second is well if that's just not feasible or it's this way too far uh, out of distance all this okay this is what christian coffee time is for that's what this ministry is for Is we're a fill-in we're a temporary fill-in until you can get a proper church this is what Christian Coffee Time is for. Um, as we offer teaching and fellowship, this is also why I do these live, so there can be some form of communication and fellowship in the chats as well. And we can all sit together and talk and fellowship together and study the Word of God and praise the Lord together. That's what Christian Coffee Time is for, to help you in this and to give advice and teaching and instruction and fellowship. Um, but at the same time, to be looking and, and to see, okay, are there other Christians? in your area other born-again christians around you if there are get in touch with them start fellowship with them get together once in a while to to read the bible sing the hymns praise the lord and have church start one (laughs) that's what you do that's what you do men and women can be missionaries evangelists missionaries and you go and you preach the gospel lead people to the Lord and you establish a work and the Lord will send you and provide for you that which you need so there you go just some thoughts there so what do you do if there's no church around start one there you go okay and yes uh like I said I never act if there's still confusion seek the face of God in all things look for his wisdom for his understanding in all things that he will tell you he will show you he said he would there'll be others around trying to get you to uh to give up to take things in your own hand your own power your own authority whatever else and make them make excuses do you hear it do you hear that when they're doing that there's a hiss in there that's the hiss of the serpent Yea, hath God truly said Will he really come through this time? Will he really answer your prayer this time? Maybe he's too busy. Maybe he's angry at you. Maybe he won't listen. Maybe he won't keep his word. Maybe, you, maybe you're just not good enough. And always, 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 always some excuse. That, that is literally the serpent saying, Yea, hath God truly said. Do not listen to the goats, the wolves, and the rats. Do not listen to them. Those that are disorderly, that are the faithless and the fearful and the afraid, the unbelieving. They say they believe, but they deny him by their works, by their fear and and disbelief and all the rest of it. Their faithlessness. Ignore them. They are walking disorderly. They're trying to get you to skew your focus. Ignore them. Stay faithful to the Lord. Stay with the Lord. What does his word say? What does his word say? His word is absolute. His word is the final authority. It does not matter what anyone else says. It doesn't matter who they are, what they are, what they've done, what they've accomplished. If they contradict the word of God, note that one have nothing to do with them. But to show them what the truth is and prove to them the truth is so they may be ashamed and they would believe. There you go. Yeah, I understand it can get discouraging. I know there's many discouragements in this world but all because there's a discouragement that's no reason to give up on the lord or to weaken his promises all because something bad happens all because something bad happens that's that's no excuse to give up on the lord because so-and-so is mean to me you're gonna take it out on God well because these people were weird at church I'm you're not gonna go fellowship with the Saints and worship the Lord like but we take it out on him all the time something bad happens take it out on him blame God in one way shape or form or another discouragements are discouragements true but that should just make us be that much more determined to keep the faith and to continue on press that much harder it's like exercise you're lifting a weight. You're struggling a little bit to try to move that weight. What do you do? Give up? Or do you set your mind, you, you determine yourself, and you pour that much more power into it, and you just move it? There you go. You're running a race. And it's like it, You're getting discouraged because it's just you're getting tired. Or what do you do? You bear down, and you just run that much harder. You finish the race. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith equip yourself be strong this discouragements may come you may get hit with a fiery arrow from time to time but pull that thing out set yourself get and get determined in the faith and keep fighting discouragements are not an excuse to give up or to grow weak or to water down or to become apathetic or some other variation determine in yourself to keep the faith determine in yourself to keep praying determine in yourself to keep fighting press forward worship the lord praise the lord all hail king jesus amen all right so with that wrapped it up there so again yeah folks um get in touch with each other fellowship with each other encourage each other to keep the faith uh, to stand strong in the Lord to hold to the word of God this world has so many lies and corruptions and discouragements and depressions and fears and anxieties ignore all of that serve the Lord in fear and trembling fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord uh, is the beginning of wisdom the fear of the Lord will override and drown out the fear of everything else worry not doubt not care not fret not be anxious for nothing but fear of the Lord so with that God bless you and yeah so there he goes. So that wraps up second Thessalonians I think I didn't miss anything did I? no that's it all right so there you go all right so God bless you folks thanks so much for joining in and God bless all those who love our Lord God Jesus Christ God bless all those who love his holy word I hope this has been a help and encouragement to you if you appreciate these studies please give this a like give us a thumbs up make sure you subscribe hit the notification bell icon so you know when we put up new videos and check out all our other videos we get tons of other goodies and content as well as our website, ChristianCoffeeTime.ca. We have links to all other platforms and goodies, as well as free downloadable gospel track PDFs and e-tracks. Make sure you avail yourself to that. And uh Sunny Day says, Okay, I'm in Texas. I, I go to a very small church that sticks to so the true understanding of the gospel. Amen. 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 So pray for each other and pray for yourself to stand fast, hold to these things. Hold to the form of sound words, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Worry not, fear not, doubt not. The Lord is coming. Stand fast. I've read the back of the book. We win. So there you go. So with that, God bless you. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless you.